everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 all-star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John, Luke, and Tex. Drive on. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes to make sure the levels fall from low. I got them girls shining oh so bright. Classic packy move as well is like go out, get really wasted the night before, and be like, I'm too hungover to drive. And it's like, all right, I guess I'll take the 24 hour leg. And I, yeah, like exactly. my saving grace was uh, um, the double shots, the Starbucks double shots, because uh, there's like a little sugar in there too, got me all amped up. But that was like, I could, I was guaranteed four hours on a double shot, uh, you know? And like that would, that was back when I guess I had a lower tolerance for caffeine. My, uh, I, I, I always get like, you know, like the Red Bulls, like they have like the, the normal size Red Bull that they first came out with. And then for some yeah. reason it like mm-hmm. strange coffee shop mm-hmm. or, um, uh, garage or like uh, gas stations. Yeah, yeah. Gas stations. They have like the bigger the, one. Yeah. The but, big gulp. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> Red well, they have like a middle one and then they got the really big one. I usually get like two of the middle ones and then I'll get a smart water and I put the element salt in the salt water mm-hmm. and I'll do like half and half. And I um, and usually that like will keep me up and I'll be fine just drinking. But it's always the sugar free Red Bull. For some reason, the sugared Red Bull absolutely kills my stomach to where For I'm driving. For some reason, <laughs> I, I'd like. I just think it probably is goes back to Red Bull's the devil. That's no, what killed Avicii. I know exactly goes, where my. That's what it goes back Avicii. to. Uh, uh, R.I.P. A party we had in Amsterdam. Yeah, RBVs, right? Red yeah. Bull vodka. Yeah, we do. I knew oh. it. Yeah, we we were in Amsterdam That's in the I red know light all district. About that, we ended up drinking Red Bull and vodkas, and I got mm-hmm. thrown out of a live sex yeah. show, oh, and yeah. we started a melee and threw a dude in the canal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's was, so many good buzzwords in there: canal, <laughs> melee. Red light district, Amsterdam, (laughs) Red Bull vodka. I got kicked out of a sex party. (laughs) No, dude. Well, we were at this live sex show. We started laughing hysterically. (laughs) Uh, The the dude got off stage, tried to fight us. And so I'm over there trying to fight a dude Uh, in leather chaps. That was it. Just leather chaps and the dude's throwing bombs at me and uh, we threw him outside. And then, and then the bouncers got thrown out. Traps. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, dude, it's not my fault that you're hung like a cashew. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I, I like that's why we were laughing. Red Bull vodka. But maybe it was just like, maybe. So that's the thing with the, the Red Bulls too, is the size. Like, you know, when. when <laughs> Are you saying no, that, they- that Red Bull affects the penis size? No, I know. I'm I'm about to make a different sort of metaphor, but like when you go to a gas station, you look at the Red Bull, like the the biggest ones are exactly they're indiscernible from the smallest one. Like usually in branding, they like either change the color a little bit or maybe change the logo a tiny bit, but they're indiscernible. So you could go in there and you're just like, I'm not really sure like which one is the one like what's the normal size what's the normal size right Mm -hmm. and you're like you're you're just caught in this like yeah so i can see how right because like typically when you buy your smaller bottle of vodka it's the flask (laughs) shape and then the handle has a handle and then the 750 just looks like the normal one yeah 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 so then it's like you get your red bull you don't know how big it is you get a dollar bill for scale and then long story yeah. short, you're blacked out on and, Red Bull vodkas. And you have a handful of monop- monopoly money and you're like, what the hell happened? Yeah. You're like, what are all these receipts and where's my credit card? Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, the, uh, yeah. And, and I only reserve drinking Red Bulls on road trips. 
so I, I won't I like ever. That rule. I, I like I'll I'm never drink them. Like, and then, and then and like the the funny part is I've been with DJ and all of a sudden we go and he looks at me he's like Red Bull home like shut the fuck up over there he's over there drinking Nas and Ho Hos and his ninth of the day <laughs> and DJ doesn't get the small one he gets he's like I think Nas comes in one size yeah of, it's right? it's a uh, tweaker that's <laughs> yeah. what it's called it's one called size. tweaker I'm one like Nas and then every time like the whole time I just am screaming the line from. Uh, uh, Fast and Furious where he's like NOS and then the car <laughs> explodes got, like, except <laughs> it wouldn't explode because the NOS wouldn't blow you up. You don't know John. Well, let's not get into the intricacies of like <laughs> the Fast all, yeah the yeah. Fast and Furious fallacies <laughs> fast, fast and Furious Are you fallacies? saying that they're cut, not cut documentaries? <laughs> whoa 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 those have been known as documentaries around there for a number of years. Well that's all Do I it with planned. a van. <laughs> yeah. Allie, that's the 450 plan is just to chronologically watch all <laughs> Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You know, we still use the Chelsea Hart sign off. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bye. I, I know. I do I know. it every oh, week. I've, I know you know. And if it's not perfect, I'm like in the closet. I'm like, Bye. <laughs> You're like dubbing yourself in. You're like, these fucking hacks. <laughs> I like Can't give me a good tune it. <laughs> We were uh, uh, we were answering a question earlier from a caller, and we were discussing some of our old training environments. And uh, we were talking about how good little uh, power athlete in Costa Mesa was. And as we were sitting there talking about it, Luke brought up like Chelsea, and all I remembered was Chelsea and Amanda sprinting out the door and her running into that dude's van, and then Chelsea going out there and trying to whoop the old man's ass. Yeah, the upholstery dude <laughs> yeah. who uh, ended up complaining on us, uh, call, calling the police, calling the land management, and then they evicted him. Yeah, I know that was. A- and then he came down and wanted me to side with him. I'm like, didn't you try to fuck us over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an in- he was an interesting Ken. creature. Ken, Ken. that's yeah, it. Yeah, Ken, yeah. the upholstery guy. Uh huh. Good one. Good shout. <laughs> Almost as good as when we were all posted up working, and uh, that dude came in. Remember with the warm ups and like the white beater and the gold chain and the blood leather. and the blood on his face. Yeah, leather. Uh, yeah. Coat. Do I remember? I was like, <laughs> I need to get into law enforcement. <laughs> now, Kelly, based on your experience in law enforcement, based what would on you my obsessed, training and experience? What would you obsess that to go back in time? If we could take Kelly present, take you back and implant that information into Kelly Bold, what? would have been the tells, the signals, what would have happened in your sixth sense? Oh my God, that guy was so shady and it doesn't take any training and experience to realize that. You could just see it. It was just like, he was was like fear and loathing in Las Vegas. It was like, he was so just, just a fucked up looking dude. And he was like a straight shooter. Well, yeah. well, the the thing I loved was it was and we what, dated like, for like six months after that, which is weird. It's so weird. I broke up with Tom over that driving, and then this guy. That's was how here. I know. That's how I know. How it, it like, was early. It was like six or seven in the morning. Yeah. And that's, first of all, time is an indicator yeah. of him coming. in. You know, he just came from like Vegas or, or something well, like that. He had and, a fresh black eye and like fresh blood on his face. Yeah. That's where I like. And all of a sudden, Kelly's like, uh, and I like turned around. I was like. Uh, Mm-hmm. I'm oh. like Pulp Fiction. The movie is about to start right now. Like it was so bizarre, but mm-hmm. well, yeah. that's well, what I, the best part about living in Costa Mesa. Like we would see the dregs of society, the vampires, the walking dead that were just like, what is going on around here? You remember the lady now, who used to do hot laps? Uh, I missed that one. I like, uh, dude, I, was I remember there. you calling. I forget the, so, so why this, I wasn't there. So uh, but I remember that. Yeah. So this lady was doing like easily. She was doing like 60, 70 miles an hour, like speeding around, circling around the building. Mm-hmm. And like, finally, I like open the door and I'm like, what the fuck? Like screaming at her. She slams her foot on the brake. This woman gets out of her Mercedes. 
She's like an older woman, has like jewelry on. She's wearing sweats and Uggs, comes over to her, oh. uh, over to me and goes, are you the person that I'm supposed to meet? And I was like, meet about what? She's like, the person is supposed to take me to witness protection. Are you Raven? I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm wanted by the, the government and like went into this whole thing about how like she was supposed to meet a contact here that was going to take her to a safe house so she could like, you know, download all this information that she has. And I was like, she's not well. Uh, no, she's absolutely batshit crazy. She sound, she's, it sounds like like a Costa Mesa wife with a little bit too much time and pharmaceuticals on her hands. Yeah, she was whacked yeah. up. I, I was like, they don't make Quaaludes anymore, do they? Because this feels like a Quaalude <laughs> thing. exactly well that was the thing man ludes and red wine and they just sail away you know who told me about that was uh uh, was it was uh, the breeze uh, the breeze was talking to me about you know quaaludes and red wine that was how you got into really really fucked up stuff the breeze I thought it was Steve. Steve, man. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that. Uh, to be I, with you. I watched it a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, so good. allegedly, Leonardo DiCaprio never did drugs. So they had to, like, kind of teach him what? all this, which I, don't I, believe I find that for a second. Yeah, I find that hard to believe, too. He's, believe he was it. in Hollywood since he was like 13, 12. Yeah, or there's something. pictures of him like, with, like, no... Johnny Depp and River Phoenix. I'm but like, that's why he's straight still yeah, there. Yeah. That's what I'm curious about as well. And it looks fantastic. I mean, Johnny Depp looks I mean, a little beat up. He's all right. Yeah. Like, he, well, I think Johnny How Depp. How can you tell? He's he, he's wearing like 200 so, necklaces. You can so, you know, see uh, Johnny's huh. uh, security Good and his, his, his driver, <laughs> like his handler driver, uh, is a guy I used to know. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Johnny went deep, like went into like whatever he had going on. That dude completely fell off, and I think that it was just a serious cocaine binge. Like, mm. I mean, something like lost like what four hundred million dollars or something. Like he he, he owes the IRS like forty mil, and his value was like four hundred mil. Woof. If I lose ten dollars, if I misplace a ten dollar bill, it's like my day, my week is shot. I'm pissed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how. If you'll recall, that's how cheap I am too. <laughs> yeah, I prefer the term frugal. It sounds frugal. like okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds a little more sophisticated. I, I just can't imagine like, uh, like what would be the be like? Uh, I'm going to blow four hundred million dollars of you know. But I mean, that, he, he doesn't blow it on cocaine. But like, they go and they do drugs, and then they have Sex people parties. around them that are supposed to be doing, you know, taking care of them, and all mm-hmm. they're doing is shuttling fucking money out in uh, you know, uh, armored cars out of their houses. Mm-hmm. So you think it's like he's got his like his homies are around and like, hey, go pick up some burritos. He's like, all right, Johnny, I'll get you some burritos. Can you give me uh, 10 grand? And he's just so messed up. <laughs> oh, oh. And like How gives him 10 grand. Or, or, I don't know. I've never bought one. Has, uh, or maybe he has like a uh, like a financial person because he owns like 12 fucking homes. Like all these dudes. I'm like, just get an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Like uh, stay there for a couple weeks and then leave. But they like, oh, I got a, a vineyard in the south of France for 30 million. And then he's got somebody managing all this. And then they're paying property taxes. And like you start like, because I, I, I always figured I'm like, how the fuck do these guys blow four hundred million dollars? Dinosaur bones, John. Yeah, yeah. dinosaur <laughs> bones. So I, as, as if you do a little uh. ancillary research, you find out that like these dudes go and they'll buy like thirty homes that are you know like like think about property taxes and upkeep and all this and like the Why the uh, the liability. Well, because they have to have a place to go every week because to get away from everything, and then they yeah. go and then they stay there too long, then they got to get away. I think it's the uh, the like the trap of fame. There's this idea that like normal shitty life any day of the week over that. Like just a Naperville suburb situation. (laughs) Normal shitty. What? (laughs) (laughs) You mean the Paris of the Midwest? Uh, 
<laughs> you know? I'll just do. I mean, I'm just kidding. Na- just Naperville kidding. Naperville has a suck liqueur. They got a Moulin Rouge. Yes. They got like yes. a Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. They got the Champs Elysees. Uh huh. They have versions of that. To be honest with you, there's yeah. the yeah. Bell Tower. There's Rotary Hill. They're all Hill, made out of empty beer cans. <laughs> uh, how dare you? Naperville's good. It's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Texas. the Paris of the Midwest. Tex. Kelly. Ahoy. 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 How are you? Oh, swell. Good. How about that drive in? <laughs> oh, fine. I'm not tracking it. I don't, I don't know. Are you, are you okay? Do we need a reboot? <clears throat> no, I'm fine. Over caffeinated or under caffeinated? <sighs> I do, Those are some, do, you, uh, do you need a, do you need a uh, Red Bull? Oh my God. You can't even. I I have a, a, like, I get nauseous even hearing the term. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know what happened. I've had bad Red Bull nights, I think. I I can't remember anybody. Oh, Jaeger bombs. Yes. Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't remember anybody Mm -hmm. ever being like, hey, I had the best night last night. We drank a dozen vodka Red Bulls. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And. You know, like, and then there's something yeah. positive. Oh, no. yeah, let's do it again. Uh, any party at Cali's former residence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> RBV yeah. machine. Uh, big time. Uh, <laughs> Tex, do you remember uh, when we used to go party at Jeff Jenkins bar? And I don't uh, know. If Ozio. You, yeah, Ozio. And we um, he always used to give us a bottle of champagne that was half champagne and ha- and he would fill it the rest with vodka. Oh, so it's half champagne, half vodka. Oh God. I have never been more hungover, but also had more fun <laughs> in my entire life. Well, so, you know, it kind of pays off then. I'm like, I'm so sore from dancing. My body's so sore. <laughs> that was the dawn and, of the party. And now glasses. you're a mom who is like, I'm so tired from waking up. In the I know. Of the night. I'm like, my knees are cracking. <laughs> oh, man. You need more dancing. Dude, we are right in the middle a of, of, a, of, of some weird sleep thing going on where, like, uh, Killy comes down and tells us that she can't fall asleep. So then I, like, got to get up and I've been like, I went and I bought, like, these uh, natural calm gummies. And I'm like, give her one. I'm like, why don't we just sit here on the couch and then she'll fall asleep and then I go back to bed. And then about 4 a.m., my son will, like, come in and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, not getting up for another two hours. Why don't you just yeah. hang out a little bit? And dude, I'm like, I'm not kidding you. These kids are like got together somehow and are forming this coalition on how they're going to break dad. Mm-hmm. And it's like four <laughs> years in and I'm like, I'm so tired. Just leave me alone. Let me sleep. So I'm taking notes. I just, like they, they probably pick up on it. Like, you know, you're, you make, <laughs> you make comment, passing comments like, yeah. Oh, I just wish I had a better note of sleep last night. And, and they have they're like, like a whole, yeah. <laughs> you hear that guys? We're going to, here's how we get to dad. We're waiting. Like is a whole FBI, <laughs> FBI set up with like yeah, like, the yarn. And like, yeah. Oh no. Well, I, I made it. Ta- I, I kind of made a tactical error. I think, um, I decided that uh like the girls like to listen to music uh like on the radio and they like wanted to take pictures so i had this idea and i was like they make ipods did you know they still make ipods (laughs) so i got them ipods for christmas because they can i've thrown away one or two in my time (laughs) right so uh they got ipods which have cameras uh you can get like Spotify and like download music and like I, I'm not a big like iTunes music person so but Kate is so she like shares music with them so they can like take pictures I, I deleted all the internet uh, but they like have some games on there that they're playing and I think that the blue light or something with maybe like never being exposed to that now that they're playing on this little screen I think it somehow is like messing up Killy's sleep mm. so I'm yeah. like 
let me see. I'm like, Hey, let me see these things. And I just like put them in my safe. I'm like, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a test. You're not going to see them for three days. And if you sleep yeah. better, these things are going back. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I can't, stimu- I, it's stimulating. Yeah. It, it must be. Yeah. The, I'll, I'm a blue light. I'm a believer in the blue light messing with sleep and circadian stuff. So ever since I've like had curfew on devices, my sleep has been significantly better. Uh, for me personally, my personal, what use. time do you shut it all down? Uh, after dinner, seven o'clock, seven o'clock. So seven o'clock is just like away. And then, um, also have it programmed. So at least on Android, like you can have it go, I know Apple has night shift, Yeah. but then there's also something called, I'm not going to remember it, but it just turns the screen essentially black and white and literally blocks all apps except for alarm. Mm. So that'll be like double check the alarm or adjust the alarm. That's the only app that'll have, but it's in black and white screen. Um, what the fuck is it called? So does blue light come from the TV too? Mm-hmm. So blue light comes off any device, anything. Mm-hmm. That's why people wear the yellows as well. So I got myself a pair of yellow lenses oh, from a long time ago, actually. One of, yeah, I think we podcast gifted. guy. No, no, no. Uh, symposium guy. Yeah, symposium guy. Yeah, Paragon. It's good. Yeah, they're like, that's the brand on there, Paragon. But uh, so I do the yellow lenses. Makes a difference to me. But I also acknowledge it may be placebo and I'm fine with that. Does it matter? No, it, not to me. No, it, I'm, I, I'm, I don't think the placebo, like whenever people are like, oh, it's placebo. I'm like, well, did it work? Mm-hmm. Um, like if, you know, if the power of the mind allows you to do something, mm-hmm. I'm all for whatever gets you to it. And I guess I'm just qualifying <laughs> that as like, <laughs> <No> quote. <laughs> if there is like somebody listening right now, I'm like, that's bullshit. There's research that, well, I don't care. Like, I don't care if the research says otherwise. Well, um, I've also come to the conclusion that when people start citing research, it's just them watching YouTube videos made mm. by morons. <laughs> I, I like, I, you know, you need to do your research and like, dude, you watched a hundred conspiracy theory videos on YouTube. That's not fucking research. Mm-hmm. Are you talking to yourself? No, <laughs> I'm right here, John. Uh, <laughs> well, you actually, I'll talk probably- to Luke in text and then that's my, you know, conspiracy thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, uh, I think the, uh, like, <sighs> I'll just leave the conspiracy stuff alone. Do hmm. I, do, do I think that there's <laughs> probably some layers of things that we, you know, it's like something nefarious. But I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. I thought you were going to leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like, I just uh, like, it, I think in today's age and I'm, and maybe I haven't seen this like, I'm, and you know, maybe the problem is, is cause we always feel like the moment that we're in is the most dramatic, but like, I feel like the amount of conspiracy theories and whether or not their theories are truths or whatever you believe, like have reached a monumental high to the point where like, Every time you turn something on, it's, you know, it's something going on. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Actually. So are we talking about the lizard people? Like, do you know what we're talking about? That there's a race of lizard people controlling the world that live shapeshifters? Yeah, they live I underground. Saw, I saw that X-Files. Uh, no, they, this is a real theory of like lizard people that live underground that like dictate everything and that all yeah. of our world leaders are really I, lizard people in disguise. Yeah, they said Hillary Clinton. She was one of the first people. Oh, yeah. She's think. definitely a lizard person. Yeah, she's been here for thousands <laughs> oh, yeah, of years. For sure. Jeff Bezos, lizard guy. Just big, those, big two lizard guy. Eyelid, those two eyelids, like <laughs> weird. It's, it's uh, I mean, like put it like this. They're cousins to the flat earthers. So, no. like, if you believe in the flat earth... <laughs> they're married cousins. Yeah, they're kissing cousins. <laughs> oh, so, they're like, uh, you got the flat earthers, you got the lizard people. Um, I'm actually kind of interested to see what happens here in the next couple of days with the inauguration and, oh, like, yeah. all this deal going on, especially on the certification thing here on the December 6th. So, I know this podcast is going to come... Or, sorry, January 6th is going to come out later. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm actually pretty interested. I just had this, like, as I was, like, kind of reading something about it and, uh, you know... Certification? 
So, so they, uh, the elected leaders, I think it's a uh, Congress, uh, the Senate. Um, no, I think it's Congress has to certify the electors like, uh, you know, like the electoral college comes out and like, you know, this is all basically like all the steps that are going in place so that the, you know, transition, yeah, transition, change yeah, change over a new president will come in. And so there's like, they're having a huge rally on January 6th, which would be here in a couple of days. Um, and I just imagine there's like, thousands of people driving to DC for this, you know, whatever it is, the protest, whatever happens. And like, I would imagine those people are probably going not for positive reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, they're probably going to find the lizard people. So hang on, Callie, you've heard the lizard people conspiracy, correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tex, answer the question. Are you aware of this Conspiracy. Well, South Park has crap. It's a people. yes, no. Yo, Dex. It's a yes, was no. Your chance for what well, South Park has crap people. <laughs> so I'm assuming they're making fun of. Well, this. you know what this means because <laughs> they don't just that he's a lizard person. Probably. That's what I'm getting at so, right now, John. It's a little suspicious, don't it's, you think? It's, look to your left. Look to your right. One of those people is a lizard. So you person. guys saw the you guys saw the movie from the 80s called They Live, you're right? right? So there was a movie from the 80s no. called They Live with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes. yes. Which is one of my favorite yes. movies. My brothers and I favorite movie was this deal. And what he did is he you put on these glasses yes. and you can see through the shapeshifters as these aliens. Mm -hmm. And like there's all these subliminal messages under money and billboards and the whole deal. And it's all about control. Mm -hmm. And he gets basically lost into this like kind of underworld of mm -hmm. like humans that have made deals with these aliens to take over. And uh, it gets... It's amazing, amazing documentary. It, it, it is. And and the hilarious part is it came out, what, 30 years ago. And like now we're, you know, like people are like, this was this was from the past, like mm -hmm. foretelling the future. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I guess I should also say, should any of our listeners be lizard people believers? We still love you. You, you continue. <laughs> we support to you. Yeah. And if you really want a discount to the store, we will send you one for lizard. Yeah. Coupon code lizard <laughs> people. <laughs> Hashtag. Oh, man. Man, king of I keep going. Yeah, we're off the lizard people. So no, no more conspiracy talk. Yeah, no more C O N conspiracies. No. But uh, how? Um, so what's the what's the game plan here? Like, obviously you're you know you're back in uh, Tacoma, uh, back in Washington. Back in yeah. So um, back uh, in. you sent the baby to uh, first day of daycare. Are you going back into? Uh, um, yeah, into the shit. Yeah, back in the shit, like in Nam. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes and no. I mean, I'm going back to work. Um, I will be, you know, driving my comfortable car to a comfortable office location and, uh, working normal hours. So not really like doing what most patrol are doing right now, but I'll be there until, um, probably May. And then, um, back on the street, I think is, is the plan. So we're getting ready to implement a fitness program and, um, we got some feedback from a survey that the wellness unit just put out to the department. And um, the number one thing that patrol officers want to see implemented by the wellness unit in terms of services uh, is a fitness program that's accessible. Mm -hmm. So, so I have been, um, I made a presentation and sort of a pitch for that last year. And so uh, I think that the interim chief is, is picking it up. We'll find out this week, but I think his plan is to pick it up and try to launch it, uh, in February. So Lexi and I have been working really hard on that, just trying to get everything squared away and polished and looking really good and, you know, hopefully usher the department into s sort of a new era of, um, 
I guess, wellness, fitness, prioritizing and that kind of thing. And not in just the sense of like, Hey, we are offering services at the gym or workouts, but also like getting stuff out there on like Instagram and YouTube, like not being afraid of using public platforms for our officers, um, to, to access it. Cause that's how everyone accesses information now. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to do this like BS where we're emailing workouts or putting it on the SPD internal website. No, you need to be able to access it from anywhere at any time. Um, and so that's kind of part of our, like, I guess somewhat progressive, it's not progressive to anybody who's like, you know, well, it, yeah, it, but it, I mean, know. it is like, like, why was there a desire to kind of keep it offline and like to not let what the public is seeing? Like, I mean, I, <laughs> Like, doesn't it humanize like the police officers in a way yeah, that and, like and to see? And that's just it. And we've, we've rolled into our program, um, a lot of, uh, community activities too. So once the COVID restrictions lift, we hope to do a lot more. Um, you know, we, we've part of our approach is we just believe that like that the healthy mindset of officers is dependent on healthy interactions with the public too. So like getting out there and playing some sports, doing some things like that with our community. And we just, just because we're afraid of people trolling our YouTube or whatever, you know, I think that's just, they've never done it. Um, and so, you know, what, what happens is other people end up writing your story for you. But if we don't take control of it and just say, Hey, these are our priorities. This is what we're trying to do. And, put it out there. Um, yeah, there's always going to be like people who troll, but, um, but that's no reason to avoid offering like the best possible service and, you know, getting involved with community more. So, Mm -hmm. and if you're going to go out and, you know, ball with the community, you want to be in good enough shape to at least like dunk on them, right? You're goddamn right. Yeah. You don't want to go out there looking all out of shape and winded <laughs> by like after like three runs down the court. No way. Dude, you got to be in good enough shape to Are you talking to me specifically? Up. You son of a bitch. Yeah, you. <laughs> hey, she just had a baby. You know, why, why oh, are we putting society pressure on her? I hate that. <laughs> Come on. She just had a baby. It's six we're, months ago, Callie. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Tighten up uh, already. Callie's, <laughs> Callie's already 10 weeks into 22 Jack Street again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I'm eating salary today. What are you getting tomorrow? More salary. <laughs> or celery. Sorry. Salary. Celery. I'll take both, to be honest with you. Celery, salary. Yeah. So that's kind of what's going on with me and just excited to get back and yeah. um, uh, tackle some of this new stuff that just happens to be, uh, you know, part of part of the stuff that we do through Power Athlete has influenced a lot, obviously, of, of what I've been trying to pitch. So yeah. um, there's a there's a legacy for me there. So sweet. Well, you're, you know, can effectively talk about it. And, you know, as an agent for it, I think it's uh, it, it, it's good. I mean, we work as you know, we work with a ton of law enforcement and military and different groups. So it's um, it ports over pretty good in terms of like, what are we looking to accomplish and what's the best way to accomplish this mm-hmm. and not waste a shit ton of time? Yeah, I feel like when we look at a lot of these programs. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but, you know, like uh, anytime I ever look at any of these like uh, hold the blue line, you know, fitness programs or any of this stuff, I'm like, dude, this is so not needed. Like it's it's way too much. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like the the simplest, best approach is usually the one that can be executed to the highest degree. And at the end of the day, like compliance and consistency becomes your greatest metrics, whether or not you can do something one time, but how long you can do it over the course of time. Okay. I'm going to cross off the name of our program called hold the blue line. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. Kidding. Like it's like, ah, oh, God, like, uh, it, it just, yeah. 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 But what's going on with you guys? How's life in Tejas? Oh, fantastic. 
weather now is was, <laughs> I, I was waiting for it 55 well, visibility um it's it's actually really pretty uh you know like we got a ton of rain so all of a sudden what's amazing about texas is everything looks kind of like eh, kind of dead and mm-hmm. all of a sudden we got like get some this, rain and sunshine yeah the, this massive amount of rain everything dries and then like within a day everything turns green and you're like oh this place looks great again so it's uh it's nice to see the rain come we have the exact same thing only it never stops raining mm. so <laughs> it's beautiful <sighs> yeah uh, no, that's it's a good it's it's you know what you like you put pay your dues during the winter and then the summer is incredible incredible like just great weather so nice and it maybe rains one or once or twice in the summer so it's it's pretty awesome nice what are the winter daylight out like when does sunset sunrise in seattle during winter yeah. is it like yeah it's sunrise pretty... around noon sunset around 1 30 oh it's <laughs> no. one of, it's like that right or no no it's not no, too bad it's, yeah, I think this, I mean, it's, the thing is it's cloudy, so it's hard to kind of tell when the sun's coming up, but it, I, it was really dark when I took like uh Josie to daycare it was probably like seven, seven fifteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like pitch black. And I think the sun will go down for sure around four. So it's short days, but yeah. the, you know, the, the other side of that is during the summer, crazy right. long daylight, which is awesome. Like if you're out like hanging out all day, it sucks if you worked nights like I did and you were trying to just get some shut eye during the day. It's mm-hmm. brutal, but yeah. It's yeah. going to suck when you have kids or when, when uh, Josie's a little bit older because all of a sudden you're going to send her to bed at like 7, 30, 8 o'clock and it's going to be it's fucking bright out. Like daylight, yeah. That happened to us this summer. I'm like fighting these kids to go to bed and they're like, the sun's still out. I'm like, uh, go to bed. Yeah. Haven't you read 42 things? <laughs> go to sleep with the sun. Uh. Yeah, no, they're like, ah, oh, God dang. No, but it's, uh, no, the, like the long summer days are a trip. Uh, and then what's even more funny is like, uh, because now it's like still dark until I think sun doesn't rise here till like 730. Um, like I got up at six or before that, like 530. And at like six o'clock, like it was still like pitch blackout. And like all of a sudden, like even at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, it's still pretty pretty uh pretty dark and the kids yeah. like don't get up so I, I go up and i like open up the the show or the uh, the curtains on them and just fucking lay there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was because i was thinking Callie, when we were back home in chicago for christmas it was those really short days like sunrise mm-hmm. eight twenty five, sunset four fifteen in chicago and i just got like remembered the corporate days of like getting into the building before like when it was dark dark. Mm -hmm. you leave and it's dark Mm -hmm. and it's just like a full week of darkness Mm -hmm. or corporate like white noise cubicle life and it was like did you have to go through in your snow boots and then put on your dress shoes when you got to the door yeah oh yeah and it was um, really so we we were right along uh i-88 in winfield and it was like the wind that came across the highway and across the field and it was like a 450 meter <laughs> walk outdoor so no parking garage you're in an outdoor parking lot did they give you rollerblades no i brought my own oh. no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd be, so you doesn't have their own and they didn't plow the, the parking lot like it was just a nightmare and at text i was telling you like you'd go in this one entrance and then they had a hallway that was like 50 meters of just heaters on high so they would be blasting <laughs> heat in this hallway to like thaw you out before you got in there and then yeah you roll up to your cube you change your shoes you like change your coat and like like man, mr was, rogers as soon as you get there <laughs> it was bonkers dude putting on your cardigan like yeah won't <laughs> you be loafers. my neighbor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just go slam prices on parts and go do the corporate what would, did you jumbo. have one of those like headphone yeah oh, mics yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you got that for sure. What's oh, the, the, uh, the what's uh, so uh like on our, our just a yeah, just <laughs> what corporate was it accounting, again? corporate yeah, accounting, yeah, corporate accounting. Just a minute, yep, just we had a that. Moment. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> I didn't use it. Every, like everyone would wear that shit. And I'm like, hell no. I just did the old fashioned. Oh, you a Bluetooth dude. guy? It no. Were, no, it. Uh, She's like, no, let man. me talk at you. Let me dude, talk at you. <laughs> my favorite was when we uh, at Old Balboa when Callie would answer the phone. <laughs> And maybe I guess John, kind of like, yep, speaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the funniest part was yeah, it was it was John. it was Train Heroic that was calling us. Mm-hmm. I know. To, and uh, and we were just totally fucking with him. Uh, and like finally we ran into him at the Texas high school coaches. They've been like, we've been calling the gym trying to get a hold of you, but this chick who's claiming to be you just keeps telling me to go fuck off. And I'm I like, know. I'm like these jabronis will not quit. <laughs> and then like cut to many years later, they're we're like, like oh. you know, multi multi million dollar company, and uh-huh. we're like, ah, oh, so sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> You're like, you know, those train heroic guys. I fucking hung up on them numerous mm. times. Hacks. Yeah. Yeah, just on the phone. Like I imagine, like Brad Pitt and Fight Club, just like eating food at a payphone. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never answer my phone. Yeah, never answer my phone. Yeah, oh, I star sixty nine. I star sixty nine. You. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, what? Hey, what did you guys do for uh, New Year's Eve? Oh, actually, Luke, I got a few um, texts from you, so I know what you did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a, a small little gathering with uh, McQuilkin and his lady friend came by with the Austins. Mm. And nice. We, yeah, hung out there. At, at our place, watch some YouTube videos. Some boozy tri- booch. Yeah, some boozy kombucha. Ooh. I'm so jealous. That looks mm-hmm. so fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. We did a uh, high five, which is uh, like a, a place that has bowling and video games. So we go oh. at like four or five and uh, we got to bowl, which was pretty fun. Um, I didn't realize until we were about like two frames in on the bowling that, uh, shit was serious. Cause my wife starts talking shit to me. Mm. She's like, Oh, like, like all of a sudden she like, you know, comes out and I'm like, ah, I haven't bowled in a long time. Uh, I was bowling left-handed. Um, yeah, obviously cause I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to baby my shoulder. So I kind of like threw like a, you know, the first one, I think I picked off like, you know, three pins and then she all of a sudden comes out and just fucking starts striking. And she's like, Oh, like and starts talking shit and I was like oh my god so I went over I like got I like went and checked the ball and I'm like I'm gonna bowl right handed and uh just started trucking her and then all of a sudden at the very end she pulls ahead by like three points and like as I'm getting ready to ball because they they set a time for one hour all of a sudden it's like you have no more time and I didn't get to la I didn't get to do my last uh frame so she ended up beating me by three points mm. of she strikes she- me as very competitive uh, yeah. yeah strikes you Super. was that a bowling pun <laughs> super competitive nice. so then we went over and uh, uh got a, a bunch of the um like the cards and they have halo but like you're sitting like like seated like four person halo yeah, on like these arcade. big yeah arcade right. and so i sat down with uh jamie killian and cash and we just absolutely probably burned through like 80 bucks on halo oh, i love it just like I destroying aliens shooting people in the face blowing up ships and then uh, we came back with um, a bunch of their like little buddies, uh, parents, and like they have like kids, I guess, at their age. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they came back and yeah, we just basically just they had fireworks and sparklers and shit like that. Oh, fun. So, That's cool. Yeah. yeah, we we ended up keeping Ruby up till oh, midnight. Yeah. That's bold. And she Luke. made it. She, she made it life of the party. Yeah, 1230 and bopping around. And then she like she. <laughs> oh, my God. And. It's like a light switch. When she gets into doze mode, she's just stumbling around, falling over, like super, super fucking Kind of like Callie at the Wild Goose. 100%. Yeah. And put that baby down because she sleeps 12 hours. Figure she'll sleep till nice. noon, you know? No. Oh. She was up at six. Extra early, dude. It was. 
That's the one thing about I, drinking yeah. is uh, I actually, you'll yeah, see I this. I read that online. Like, it doesn't matter how late you keep them up. They'll always wake yeah. up at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and the worst just... part is if you go out drinking, like I remember Kate and I, when the kids were pretty young, we went out to like, I think it was um, uh, uh, Ed and um, Corrigan's Christmas party. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then we went out after and had a bunch of drinks yeah, yeah. and we got home at like, you know, 2 a.m. The kids woke up at like 545, were hungover mm-hmm. as shit and like. There was no them going back to sleep like they were up ready to rock. And I remember thinking, like, regardless what time you go to bed, the kids are going to get up at the same time and expect mm-hmm. mom and dad to be on. Yeah. So what, she did end up taking like a monster nap, though. So she like she did like a four hour nap, which was nice because uh, daddy took a little four hour nap. Can she get out of her crib? <laughs> uh, not yet. No. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I mean, one. She, well, could she? One hundred percent. Has she yet? No. Like she does. She hasn't realized that she has the skills required to escape that. Crib. Yeah. No, the, the girls figured out pretty quick how to like a cat burglar and get out of that thing. Mm-hmm. Jamie could like throw her big head over and then use her body weight to like get over. <laughs> and then they would like uh, and then they, they would like crawl <laughs> like this is almost like before they could walk. And uh, like because they walked a little before they were a year. But like all of a sudden she would crawl. And I remember like hearing something and looking down and seeing her on the side of the bed and being like how in the world did you get here? Mm-hmm. And then uh, at that point we were like, oh, we'll hit record on the, on the, uh, the baby cams. And then we saw them cat burglaring their way out. And I was like, it's mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think, and like, man, knock on wood, she has this bold statement. I think she likes being in there. She likes sleeping. Like I really do. Cause we got the little monitor and whatever. And she, she just like has her own little world in there. That's like her little, mm-hmm. like a dog. It's her little den or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fuck, but that's probably not gonna last forever. Nah, she's right. gonna she's gonna start climbing out, and, you're, and then you're gonna be like, "Holy shit!" Like, mm-hmm. and I was always waiting to hear like. Then the, you gotta put a, a top on it, right? yeah, like they, a lid. They have like netting. <laughs> uh, we never did the netting. I just figured like, oh, that's a real. I'll say you're joking. No, no, they, there's people that like put a netting on top so the baby can't climb out. No, I just I think thought it's so. Kinda... Your cats can't get inside <laughs> <laughs> and suck the soul out of your baby. <sighs> if <sighs> if if you came in and your cat was in the baby's crib, I might I'd be like, this cat's got to go. <laughs> Yeah, Callie's like, no, it's like, give me the heebie-jeebies. That's yeah. cemetery, right? I'm just kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, cats. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with cats as long as they're outdoor cats. Uh, like Kathy, who's our neighbor, like they have these barn cats that are absolute killers. Those things like no, massacre everything. They have too much ego. I don't like them. <laughs> Sass, they don't need sassy. me. Yeah, <laughs> but you have a kid now. You don't have to like keep cats hostage. You need you. No, exactly. I have a kid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so has Mel given you any good parenting advice? Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, but I you're mean, not actioning yeah. any of it? I'm, I mean, she gives me advice from time to time. Like she's, I, I mean, this, I don't know, just like normal mom stuff. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you should do this or that. I don't know. But I'm, I'm very receptive. I'm not, she doesn't give it. She's not like overly, um, you know, abundantly providing it every day. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good balance, but she just lets me do my own thing. I mean, I'm a 36 year old woman. Like I figured out some stuff, like, I don't know everything about parenting, but at this point when they're so young, I just know how to like keep them safe and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. Get bowl of water, hunk yeah. of meat, right? keep, <laughs> keep them engaged. And that's what she's, it's getting, you know, it's getting a little more interesting because she's just like able to do a lot more stuff. So you want to keep stimulating and keep like developing mm-hmm. and stuff. But anyway, this, we don't need to talk about kids stuff. It's just, All right. it's fun. Is it? Yeah. It's fantastic, man. Like <laughs> I feel bad I for know. anybody who listens. Like I don't have a kid. Talk to me about, you know, sets and reps. <laughs> Banging weights. Mm. So uh, what's your probably, training look like? 
they've probably caught on that we no longer talk about sets and reps. <laughs> well, we've talked about sets and reps at nauseum in the last mm-hmm. 400 plus episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, people never get to, and we, the other thing we got to remember is that there's people and this trips me out, man. Like there was a dude that's like, I just found you guys yesterday. And like hmm. one of the comments and I was like, really, you just found us. He's like, yeah. And how he found us was even more random. And so I always have to remember there's new people that are first hearing the term power oh, athlete, yeah. first hearing about us and coming well, in yeah. hundreds every week. Uh, I just had a random run in uh, a coach lacrosse and there was a Lake Travis coach. So we had met and shook hands before a game this summer. I, I forget one of the games that we played him. And then finally he s- slipped into uh, through Instagram, my DMs. Mm-hmm. And Slipping like, into your DMs. Dude, we met. I and then finally <laughs> like made the connection between power athlete. And then we were out here and jumped into the methodology. And then I asked him his goal and he's setting up a sports specific camp. Oh, nice. So he's out local this way, but just by happenstance, like didn't realize that uh, we had met mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he found it kind of organically and then realized like, oh, dude, I, I know, know that guy. I know this guy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So did yeah. you guys win when you played him? Oh, no, they kicked our ass. Uh, so Lake Travis, Travis is pretty, they're pretty good, huh? Yeah. He, he's like, I'm not following power athlete. This guy didn't know what he <laughs> okay. was doing. Those schlubs. <laughs> no, Lake Travis, Westlake, both of them have yeah. established the the coaches that are ahead of that, that is their profession. Mm-hmm. So they, through camps and mm. travel teams, wow. are making a, yeah. enough money to support That's their families. And more. But they've been like around a while too, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah so we're, the program you're working with is... And they're, yeah, they're D1 all-stars. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they uh, actually put kids into, into university and like scholarships well, and that? Drip does that, but they, they have youth, some developed youth, which in part my goal and why I'm there at the lowest level. But uh, man, yeah, they... Well, youngest level. But yeah. Or, which I guess would be lowest level, right? Uh, youngest level, I believe, is a better term than yeah. lowest. What's the, you so like, like, what's the beginning age for lacrosse? I don't know how old's Josie. Really? So they start like six months. Yeah, just put a stick in her hand. Mm-hmm. No, I, I know, but like or, at, that's at what Long age, Island style. But, <laughs> but what, what age to organize? Like nine, ten years old. Uh, fifth is probably fifth grade. Yeah, for organized sports. For, for that anyway, basketball is a little bit easier. Lacrosse is just it's very skill heavy versus a soccer or I mean basketball is relatively skill heavy, but at the same time. No, More manageable get away with a second no. grader. Right. So uh, I, I take to, or uh, Jamie plays basketball. She's games on like Wednesdays and Saturdays. And so she's but what's funny is they have two games and one practice. So she goes to practice on Monday night and then they have two games, which I, I like when I talk to the coach. I'm like, why don't we have two practices in one game? And uh, we'll just play like pickup. Are you crazy. And, Get out of here, Wilbur. And, uh, and six, like six minutes, six minute abs. And the coach is like, "Well, step into uh, my office." People want their like want to yeah. come to a game. They don't want to come to a practice. And I'm like, I want to come to the practice. I want to see the fundamentals. And so, like after I talk to the coach, now he sees me like comes over and like gives me a fist bump. And I'm like, "What are we gonna work on?" And he's like, "Same thing every day. Fundamentals." I'm like, "Sounds good. I'll be here." And I'm I, I enjoy going and watching. Um, it's just. It, it blows my mind that like parents want to come to a game and that's what they're paying for. They're not, they don't want to necessarily come to a practice. I, I 100% get and understand that. Cause we got to, I got to deal with, I got to manage, I'm choosing poor words today, but manage deal parents with. A, mm-hmm. a lot. And they want, they just want that performance. They want game film from, from colleges that are running our offense. It's like, let's, hmm. let's catch and throw here. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, but you still need to communicate to said parents, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how you're uh, how we're accomplishing the management of offense and installation of uh, set schemes. And so you, since I've been able to coach at college, I can then bring that into my communication with my middle school parents mm-hmm. to uh, appease them at the same time when we're managing the practices and those experiences. It's the simple stuff that these kids need. And the here's the other thing that blows my mind, the communication of or the expectation that these kids are going to go play college ball. This is middle school level. Let's make sure that they fall in love with the sport where they can go and play past junior varsity. Mm-hmm. That's that should be the the goal and the expectation. But still, the parents, it's a Texas parent. Their expectation is even up here, even with a small sport like lacrosse. And would you say, Tex, that that is the broad norm across all parents or they're just vocal parents that give you that perception that you're... Well, he keeps using the term Texas parents. So I'm wondering if that's something that's unique to just Texas or is that kind of everyone? That's only my experience Mm -hmm. just through growing up here and then now coaching at Mm -hmm. this. So it's all the parents you're saying. I, I don't know how it is in Illinois. Or well, I'm saying no. I'm saying Hood that Ridge. you're interacting with. Well, they're the active ones that are. Mm-hmm. Which is all all watching. the kids' parents are asking you that, or just a certain amount. Some no, loud the active ones, ones mm-hmm. that are. So let's let's talk numbers. Let's say you have ten parents. Would are all ten saying? Well, this? how many kids do you have? Yeah, on the team? Right. yeah. well, they're forty. So you got forty kids. How many parents are approaching you? Ten. So okay. mm-hmm. 20 percent. Yeah, yeah. So look, gotcha, gotcha. So, I was just curious again. Now, but then uh, those are the parents I'm interacting with. So right. Are there, uh, yeah, totally, are totally. you guys videoing your practices? Fuck no. So then what do they want? Game you need a video for? guy? <laughs> uh, I do need a video game guy. They want, so say we run a specific offense. They want examples of this so they can have their kids watch these clips. Uh, you know what? Like uh, we've been watching a ton of basketball because um, right. it, it was funny. Like as I was trying to explain, like, so we said, I, I finally got my hoop installed. So we've been out, going out and playing every day. And trying to like explain certain things like you can't camp out in the key. Like there's got to and like even though they're not calling three uh, three second key violations in her deal, I'm like you just can't run to the and stand in the key. You got to keep moving. Uh, you know, put your body between the ball and the and the hoop and like going through all these basics and fundamentals. And then she was like, "Well, I don't really understand." I'm like, "So we went in and we're watching basketball. The problem is." Watching NBA basketball is terrible in terms of trying to teach fundamentals. That's because, I mean, you got Steph Curry coming down at like scoring 62 points the other night and like basically just draining them from half court. And like, uh, like they're not setting up and running plays. She's like, so shoot the ball from half court. Uh, Dude, is that what you want me to do? Like, (laughs) so we're watching NBA and like all they do is the guy that comes up with the ball, they like feed like the main dude and he just pulls up and shoots it and then sinks it. It's too talented. Like they're just the So we started watching uh, like college basketball. And uh, like, in, but then there's, no, you're going to love this. They've somehow blocked out all UT TV. Uh, Longhorn and, Network. Yeah. yeah. So, so you got to get the Longhorn Network. So now there's like, um, like there's all these obstacles, but we've been watching just random basketball and uh, watching college basketball is actually way better because they actually set up, they run plays, they execute, uh, you know, they play defense. I mean, it is such a easier way to actually like break the game down watching college opposed from the NBA where I'm like, she says, so they just dribble down and the, that guy shoots the ball every time? I'm like, no, we're not going to watch this anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So Yeah, that's what I'm getting. They're, what they're running at the college is a little too advanced for even us to 
gain an understanding and benefit from watching and observing. Mm. So can you uh, explain different like offense? Is it like offensive no systems? No, it's different uh, setups. So we got six on six, Callie and a goalie. And then there's <laughs> different formations to begin. So if we have six people and then it's two up top, two in the middle and two behind the goal, two, 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 and then one up top, four in the middle and then one below one, four, one. So different offensive setups and then two, three, one, one person behind the goal. Once you're in these setups, then you can run different plays and each person has a responsibility. Mm -hmm. So the easiest, in my opinion, is two, two, two. So we're setting up the kids and then intra chunking out the game. And all right, here's what we want these two up top to do. Here's what we want the two in the middle to set picks for each other. And then the two down below. So then we're giving everybody the opportunity to learn these two different positions and then we put four together mm -hmm. and then gradually increasing the stress so taking everything that we've ever talked about and learned about in terms of motor development education stress and the importance of it and cueing and then just breaking that into now sport coaching versus sets and reps of four mm -hmm. squats and stuff is How it do uh, you oh, sorry go on sorry I was going to say, how do you choose the goalie? Uh, the bravest motherfucker on the team. Mm -hmm. I was a lacrosse goalie in high school. That's oh, right. yeah. In Hoodbridge. You said I, just a week ago, you said the dumbest kid on the field. <laughs> no, it's about framing. I was hoping you were going to say really something really cool. Not, you're just like, oh, just the fattest person we had. Like, no, no. And Tex oh, did no, not that, say that. The fattest yeah. person we had. That's the mistake that my team started when we began lacrosse. Way just back put the way. big dude in the, in the. I should say We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. You, we didn't just watch Mighty Ducks. It's the closest thing. Let's see what what did Emilio Estevez do. Uh, <laughs> win. Uh, did, um, it, is it similar to basketball where you guys are actually like running pick and rolls and plays and, you know, uh, you guys are playing zone man to man and they're trying to basically oh defense is completely uh different so i i coach the defense but now when we're doing our sessions again parents they pay for offense mm -hmm. so we're just giving them what the parents pay for on the side the little side hustle we got going is all offense and then whoever wants to play defense at this level i'll take them and turn them into an all-star so 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 it's not like basketball where you play offense and defense the same um, you, there are positions that you play both. So where I mentioned it's six on six, there are three guys that can cross the field, mm. cross the midline, mm -hmm. but then three need to stay back. Oh. And then there's three guys hanging out next to the opposite goal on your team. So you have three midfielders and there are three people close to the goal that are called attackmen, like in soccer. And then three close defense that are hanging out on the other side with your goal. So you have like dedicated offense, dedicated defense, and then you have guys that play both. Correct. So, so like nobody wants to play defense, defense midfield. So the people that cross. So, you know, I told Jamie in basketball. Um, so like uh, when we started, I just started with defensive fundamentals on like, here's how you bend your knees and this is how you slide and keep. And I, I taught her how to play defense and uh, she goes and, and um, uh, all the other kids shoot. But yet she starts every game. And so she's like, I'm not a very good shooter, but the coach keeps starting me. And so she asked him and he's like, well, you're the only person that actually plays defense. And he's yeah. like, we need people to play defense. So he's like, I'm going to start and play you the whole game. And he even came over and he's like, she's really our best defensive player. He's like, I don't need people to shoot. I need somebody that's going to hustle and she'll run the court and actually wants to play defense because she doesn't want anybody to score on her. So Jamie's like a little Dennis Rodman. 
Uh, <laughs> Don't say that. No, not at all. Not at all. That, uh, not, not, Jamie the worm. Not in the well social born. aspect. I'm saying <laughs> on the court. He uh, was a prolific I, defender. I, dude, I liked Rodman when he was a piston. Yeah. For the fact that the dude was just like, I don't care if I score any points. Nobody's yeah, going to yeah. score on me and I want to get all the rebounds. So I, I just now, always. I'm not saying Dennis Rodman, the civilian. No, no, no. <laughs> I've had, many, ass kicked for I've, that. I've had many run-ins <laughs> with that fucking guy. Uh, one of my favorite was, as you guys know, stole his bike on the peninsula. That was hilarious. I saw him at Cappy's. He was sitting in the, the booth behind me when mm. I had, uh, Leah was in town and we were having breakfast and he rolled up with his, like, I guess his wife or girlfriend uh, and nobody two knows. kids. Carmen Electra? I, he's not. No, he wasn't married to Carmen Electra. No. Oh, no, and no. He was, he, he he was, was married. A, to, sorry. He was married, but he doesn't have kids with Carmen Electra. Oh. Uh. He she, was wearing a mesh mesh tank top and sunglasses indoors. She was. <laughs> he he was. <laughs> Good question though. <laughs> you never know, man. Yeah, I mean, he, I the mean they, 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 they could have been wearing matching outfits for all we know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, he's such a douchebag. Uh, but I do like the fact that uh, he goes and parties with Kim Jong Un. Mm-hmm. And uh, is, is <laughs> he a, stopped is, World War Three? Is a we big, owe him. He's a big celebrity in uh, in North Korea. Mm. Okay, <laughs> which is like, like you know, physically stature-wise. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I don't know how you get any bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. Is he a lizard person? Oh yeah, for oh, sure. Which one, dude? They all. Yeah, I oh, would yeah. suspect yes. anyone that wears sunglasses inside because they're covering up their yeah. anyone. It's, it's a blue light thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what about Boom, people that just? What about people, people that just pop out one lens? Mm-hmm. Oh, those are humans for sure. For sure, humans just normal normies. Those are special. That's uh, a special breed. When Callie enters party mode, mm-hmm. all of a sudden one glass lens just pops out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. our listeners, you can't see Callie just. All of a sudden, she just puts them on. Head bobbing, Dude. fist pumping. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, indeed. Blade versus Sandstorm on repeat. I still got it in me. You know, don't think just because uh, I'm a mom now that I can't get down. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I make. I still make bad decisions from time to time. <laughs> uh, yeah, just champagne and vodka. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. damn! I can't even imagine the hangover from champagne and vodka. Mm. Uh, what else, guys? Nothing. I mean. Uh, <laughs> A lot. Well, yeah, a lot. I mean, this is actually going to be Luke's final pod, or not? Maybe not the final podcast, but the final podcast in person mm-hmm. with Power Athlete Radio. We might get him to call in on occasion just to kind of keep us up to date. But he has uh, accepted a job up in Dallas and is uh, leaving <gasps> yeah. the nest and moving up to Dallas to, you know, fight some new battles and that's right, and go on and take on some new enemies. It's a bittersweet era. I guess coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Four hundred and fifty mm-hmm. episodes. That's it's right. It's not an end. It's just the beginning of something else. Yeah, I mean, Callie went to Seattle. Luke's going to Dallas. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. you know. And look at me. I'm still in it just for the free apparel. So, <laughs> ah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. I've uh, moved into a company called Kidstrong, who, um, which is actually kind of a little seedling through Power Athlete in CrossFit football days. Uh, came across the guy. Who started that? He he ran Maximus. Yeah, I remember went uh, to the games. Matt yeah, Sharp. Matt Sharp. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just the opportunity came up. It's the right timing. Power athletes in a really good place, and I figure, man, ten years a long time, big guy. Right? I know, dude. So, it's it's crazy. I was, uh, yeah. I mean, it'll be, um, yeah, nine, yeah, nine years. Uh, it will be. It would be ten this October. So yeah, I mean, it's a long time. 
Did you, so I'm curious if you took like a special interest in like a kid side of things because you ended up becoming a father. Did it sort of like pique your interest? Yeah, I figured. Like I became obsessed, you know, like in those little, I think I even talked about on the podcast, like you're watching this thing wiggle and you're realizing like all these little wiggles are stacking and layering into what is eventually going to be primal movement patterns, you know? And like Mm -hmm. you just, those formative years and talk about creating impact. You know, there's a lot of research about how much impact and influence you can have on a kiddo in those first seven years of life, you know? And it's just like, man, I'm really, really impassioned with that concept right now. And it just, it, it was a major, um, a major point in, in making the, a very hard decision to, Mm -hmm. to try something new. So what do they do over there? It's a, it's a private childhood development Academy. So what? yeah, so it's brain. They essentially have 40 minute classes that are focused on uh, brain, physical and character development. Do they and accept adults? Th- the tricky thing is like, so as <laughs> I'm going to be involved in the team that's right in the programming and as franchise model right now, they have 12 locations. They're trying to scale up to hundreds, but they want to be running the same classes at the same time with the same goals, ran with the same language, the same coaching so that's the challenge is like scaling this, but the curriculum mm-hmm. in and of itself, while it's to develop the kids, it's really focused on educating the parents. Mm-hmm. So like you, it's, you know, we talked about a Pixar uh, Monsters Inc. So Pixar does a great job of this, right? Like you go watch Toy Story or Monsters Inc. or The Incredibles. There's a, there's a storyline there that is like drawing those kids in. But then there's moments and threads and humor and like very advanced scenarios that adults will will grab on and be like, mm-hmm. I kinda, you know, I kind of dig the movie. Well, yeah, I'll watch that. Mm-hmm. So that that's the challenge of writing the the programming at these locations is making sure that you hit those three domains, which is your brain, your physical and your character development, and then also informing and educating and engaging the parent um, so that they feel satisfied. Going back to what you were talking about, text with your lax parents, right? Like quench that thirst before they even come to you with it. Yeah. Explain the the class experience. So you mm-hmm. had the opportunity to to jump up and, and dive in. So what would mm-hmm. what are you trying to educate? So Not they, just sets and reps and mm-hmm. programming, it's more. Yeah. So background is Matt, who I've stayed in touch with since we first did the cert text with 2013. Yeah, you and, I, right? and Mr. Carl Case. Yeah, yeah Carl Access. Case. And that's where we met Tony Fu and thought Tony Fu was a mole for HQ. Well, he is still the mole. Yeah. Along with Harry. <laughs> did we think Harry Shaw was the mole? I'm not convinced think. either. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, it's, it's a very, the whole 45 minute session is like, is you're always on. And it's a two man, two man crew, two coach crew. One's running like floor plans, One's essentially educating the parents on how to coach their kids, depending on the age level, right? Because you have, they go from walking to 11 years old and there's five different training tracks. So depending on what training track you're in and what the programming calls for, you got one coach who's ultimately working on the skill development and educating the co- the parents how to coach the kids because the parents ultimately gonna be taking their kid through this, right? And then you have the other coach who's like running back up and uh, making sure that the lead coach is hitting all the points, but also making sure the floor plan is ready for for the obstacles because it's all kind of integrated. They try to integrate um, the skill development, which skill, when I say skill, is like more like the brain brain development. Mm-hmm. There's a Shapes, direct colors. relationship between mm-hmm. physical movement and intelligence right. up until like the age of six. So they're layering, they're 
the the curriculum and program tries to layer that in. Yeah, right? so and athletic problem solving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they'll, you know, the first portion of the session, they integrate with movement and and uh, brain development. And it might be single leg squatting, right? And then um, they'll get some wiggles out by doing some running and lunging. So like the single leg squatting feeds into the running, which feeds into the, to the uh, lunging. Then that comes back into... Um, uh, circle up and have a mantra for the day and then go into your brain development skill, which, you know, like I said, let's just say it's shape. So you go through the shapes, the kids interact and, and like, it's going to be age appropriate based on which, um, which skill level there is. Right. And then from there it goes into the physical challenge, which it would, you'd consider kind of like the sets and reps portion of it where there's coaching on movement. Right. We would call it like the strength. So sure. it's like, it's the same integration model yeah. that we have. It's, it's like kind of like the, the skill base, then the strength type of coaching and training. Yeah, you have to develop proficiency, it, mm-hmm. but the coaches are then coaching the parents. That's right. On how to communicate to their little. Yeah, mm. uh-huh. exactly. And it's like positive language. So like the parents are learning and whether or not they know it, right? Like they're, they're trying to condition those parents. And then at the very end, it's, they call it ninja or challenge, right? Where it's either a competition or a challenge. And it's like an obstacle course, you know, and it's just like set the kids free, let them go. Like they've, they've given their 25 minutes, let them go. And, um, interestingly enough too, like the music that's played is adult music. Like it's ACDC, it's, uh, you know, green day, it's, it's it's adult alternative music like the kids and the kids have no clue they're just running around flipping mini tires and jumping over shit so nice sounds awesome i'm not hearing anywhere in the curriculum where you guys uh review movies for like 45 minutes or like how are you going to transition from that like (laughs) easy calvary very easily yeah no i mean you can only beat a dead horse so long before you're like i just can't kick this horse anymore Mm -hmm. oh i guarantee you luke's gonna be dropping some like well i imagine things like that it'll it'll just come through the hotline all of a sudden it'd be like uh first time listener first time caller not luke Luke. l some no no uh, Luke S. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so one of the, one of the challenges is the, so the, the big differentiator between the competition, which is like my gym, little gym, Jimboree, that type of stuff is a lot of that curriculum is play-based and the curriculum that kids strong's building out is science-based. So the folks who are collaborating on the program team, programming team are occupational therapists, uh, mm. physical therapists, um, strength coaches. So now you have these like highly educated technical experts putting together programming narratives for coaches to relay to parents. Mm. Mm-hmm. And like I the, can already see the barriers. Yeah, you see where the like the language that comes yeah. in is, and it's it's not like terribly advanced. Like they're they're really trying to dumb it down. But well, like in my opinion, it doesn't have enough movie quotes, Callie. So like that's where the <laughs> yeah. the coaching really needs to be well, pop culture based. The real issue you're going to run into, and I was thinking on this, is like um, regardless of what they learn, the children learn by watching, mm-hmm. and especially from the parents. So the problem is if the parents aren't movers, if the parents aren't sedi- are, uh, are sedentary, so it's almost like you have to create an environment where the parents are moving with the children. I mean, right. I, I've made the comment for years that, you know, everything I read in, in uh, child development involved this idea of like, all they're doing is watching you. And if you go back and you look at like an evolutionary deal, like the kids watch the parents as best way to survive. So like dad does this, mom does this, they have survived at this point. So if I mimic this, I should survive. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, um, 
did we talk about on the podcast, like the fear of uh, public speaking? Did, did, uh, th- this was an interesting one. I, I went into like some wormhole on, on the reading. Mm-hmm. Odds I are. Think we, were, was, I, we were, we were too afraid to talk about it. I think. So, so the idea of public <laughs> speaking, people are like, why, Publicly. why is this fear of public speaking such a real thing? Why does everybody fear it? And okay. they, they yeah. went back into this evolutionary deal where, you know, when we were in small groups where the small groups were, you know, setting up walls and fires and, and, uh, you know, protection against wild animals and bad things. There was this idea of like being ostracized and being not viewed as valuable to the community. And that fear of getting kicked out and potentially leading to death and not being near the front, you know, the fire and having people support you was like the biggest fear. So the idea of standing up and not being accepted by the group has become this inherent fear because this is what led to our survival. And they went back now, whether or not you believe that or not, if it's far fetched, I don't know. But I thought that was a pretty interesting understanding of why this has become a universal fear for most people. And they found the fear of public speaking not being something that like somebody mentioned once. They found it in like different environments that had never touched, you know, like here's uh, people that were isolated. This was this. I mean, but there was this universal fear that people had. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's probably a lot of truth to it, but I think it's probably just as basic as people fear things they don't have a lot of experience doing. Right, it's right. Just, that's that's just it. Like sure. whether it's over the course of, you know, thousands of years or in your, you know, immediate lifespan, if you didn't do it a lot. Then my brother does this. He, my brother does a lot of interesting stuff with his kids, but he, uh, he, does he still live in Bali? He, he actually was traveling in uh, Thailand out there. He was putting his, his kids went to a camp in Thailand and during COVID they got stuck there, but um, they ended up getting a house there and they're going to live there for a couple of years. I think mm-hmm. he says he, he loves, he loves the culture of the place that they're living in. It's very progressive and very like, um, it's uh it's very active it's all about wellness and arts and things like that so he's in a pretty cool city in thailand but anyway he um one of the things that he made his sons do a lot growing up is um make them tell stories so Mm -hmm. if something happened he would like I, i remember being around them when they're little um it wouldn't just it wouldn't just be him telling one of us he'd say why don't you tell everybody so they the kid would get up and stand up and tell them and kind of be funny or creative and perform a little bit. Um, and then they started doing it as they got older, just on their own, say, I have like, I have a story and they would engage with, um, you know, the adults that were in the room. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. No. yeah. I, I just see a lot of benefit for the household of what I'm hearing. So mm-hmm. now the coaches are encouraging the parents to, to move and then communicate down to their kids where like the curriculum is directed at the kids development. I mean, what is so much potential and unlocked is creating a healthy communication within the household. For sure. Well, we kind of always, uh, or at least what we've always kind of figured is if we could influence the parent, like, you know, and I think of, uh, you know, uh, professor booty, you know, like, uh, finding the program, building a gym, having his kids train other kids come over and kind of influencing that next generation through l- learning. And this is actually a really interesting model. And it's like, here's this research. We're going to influence the kids by educating the parents. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, one loop kind of coming back this way, but I think it's really needed. I mean, just because they're uh, like the most frustrating thing, especially in public school. And you're going to see this is yeah, like, it's yeah. like the removal PE. of PE and more importantly, free play. And the idea that like, you know, the jungle gyms have to be set up in such a way that no kid can really fall off. Like I was like, man, like there's gotta be some element of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like trying to like, uh, uh, you know, talk to the girls, especially about like jumping fences. I'm like, how do you get over that fence? And they're like, well, we're not supposed to jump over fences. I'm like, you jump over every fence you can find. 
Mm-hmm. In high school, running from the cops. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I was like, how do you think you get good at jumping fences? You got to have somebody bad chasing you. So, like, it's no, no offense, Kelly. <sighs> so, I had a patented fence jump. Um, maybe patented isn't the right term, but I don't even know if there's like a legitimate fence jump. But I would just run full speed and mm-hmm. kind of like uh, hop up just a little bit and go like kind of the Jamie system. To be honest with you, have my huge head carry the momentum. Pull my oh, hips into over. the fence and then like yeah, and do then a front over. flip over. That was like one of my one of my moves. Try to do that at carny. your age now. Oh, I do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> the so, uh, yeah, there's yeah, like the I fence was, jumping uh, technique that I used as a kid. If I think if I tried tonight, I would totally hook my back leg. <laughs> and fucking do it. So I used Actually, to run <laughs> and I used to look for the post Dude. and I would try to like jump up, put my foot on the post kick back use a hand to kind of like okay, catapult parkour, over okay no, and, and and uh, uh i always fucking totally turfed it now i just do it i probably blow my knee out and break my neck but. so i will take this i'll tell the stories if it happened to me but it didn't or maybe it did but i was with a friend of ours uh that we met here in texas on an i i, I don't know we were at the nutty brown and we're at like a, a concert and we decided to walk over to 290 west club now last chance saloon and Callie like, so this is like a di- pretty divey setup, but there's a fence there that we had to hop. And I'm like, let's just hop the fence. So I go run the hop and kind of do like the straddle. And exactly that happens. The crotch of my jeans get <laughs> caught on like the fence and teakettle over and rip the whole crotch out of the jeans. That's happened to me. So you're like, you're what? crotchless, and then what do you do? It you just go to 290 West Club and oh get up God. there and do was karaoke. This, was this the you same know, individual <laughs> that when we were downtown on St. Patrick's Day yeah. ended up stumbling and <laughs> falling into that barricade? Stumbling, yes. <laughs> I think <laughs> that stumble may have been instigated by the big guy. Uh, well, we <laughs> all yes. started, like, uh, Ashley was coming to pick us up, so we all started running, and there were these plastic barricades and one of the guys was just kind of running having a good time and then next thing you know he just got thrown into the barricade kettle. and just goes fucking down <laughs> He's like, i was like dude you just fell i don't know what happened i had to like pick him up and i was like man i didn't see that like the way i envisioned it isn't like it was so much worse than what i envisioned that uh, i was like oh you're fine you're fine let me help you oh, in the car yeah. and he's like i don't know how i fell down i got like uh, tripped into those barricades <laughs> the uh i did have one jump Failed fence jump in high school from a party. Uh-oh. Oh, no, the cops are here. Yeah, like run. But uh, one of those peak fences, but run up mm. to grab it and grab two peaks to just laterally like, pull myself up. But it was an old rotted fence. <laughs> oh, fuck. Both of these things just broke and I landed back on my feet uh-huh. and was like, fuck it, I'm caught and just started walking back and then just decided to walk on the side of the house and make <laughs> eye contact with the cops. And just make show no emotion. Just keep on walking. Smart. And then as soon as I hit the sidewalk, <laughs> bolted away. It's like a T-Rex. They can't see you if you're not running. Right. Yeah. 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 Just moving so slow. Just play cool. Play cool. Bolt. Uh, just a normal kid walking through these normal Man, shortcut. I told you guys the story. We got jumped at a party in high school. And like this fight ended up erupting into like uh, this fence. And the fence went down. And I grabbed my buddy. And we pulled into the backyard. And as these idiots were coming at us, there was like a side gate and I ran over to it and it was locked and it was kind of tall. And so I thought I'll just sprint through it. So I went back and buried my shoulder. And as I hit it, uh, the fence didn't give way, just the top hinge did. So it did Hmm. this. And as I hit it, like I was expecting to lift it, it did this and totally face planted, skidded across the concrete on my face, uh, road rashed everything. My buddy hopped in and we ended up having fucking getting our asses kicked and getting out of there before we got murdered. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, dude, I like 
it was one of those things where I had, I, I had this vision of what was going to happen to the gate mm-hmm. and what happened was totally unexpected. And as I went through it, it fucking totally lit me up. But <laughs> that courage to take that chance, mm-hmm. confidence, that confidence is what is now being instilled in yeah. these, these kids strong classes. Yeah, so that's the, the goal is to build, build confidence and capable kids for high right. school escapes. A hundred percent. Like in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So do kids still, I mean, I mean, I got to imagine you still got to run. I mean, everybody's got to run from the cops. I just kind of always figured, and maybe it's different now that if you run from the police, if they catch you, you're going to catch a beat. Which I don't think they they, they do that anymore. No, I, no, no, I, I mean not we've learned all. from real cops they can't do anything. No, now. I mean, dude, you back in the day we were like, if you run, you're gonna get beat. Now well, you can run, got, and if they catch you because no. you're out of shape, you just put your <laughs> cell phone camera on and be like, I'm whoa, filming whoa, 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 whoa. this. I'm filming you. And they're like, you know what? Just go fucking do. Go drink your <laughs> champagne and vodka. <laughs> the I, more People high school cops yeah. series, but I I got lucky and we didn't catch a beat. We had. This was stupid, but field parties were big because it was in Katy and like people had land. Yeah. And so instead of houses, you drive out to somebody's land. Is is Katy really up. developed now? Now it is. Okay. Mine mine wasn't necessarily so. But then you'd park your cars and do the high school. Everybody syncs up and puts it on freaking the same radio station, car lights, and you just hang out. Sometimes you build a fire. Mm-hmm. And one I had a Jeep Cherokee at one point in high school. So I lined up and I was just one of the the lights. And then the cops came, so bolted, and then finally realized running like, fuck, my car's there. <laughs> Classic text move. Yeah, so turn every, and, and you go back, and the cops are just waiting by your car. Yeah, they're all waiting there. And I had a lacrosse teammate that he, he was another he was another truck. And then, like, the cops made us call our parents. His showed up, and I pretended to call my mom and just like, oh, no, she didn't pick up. And then the my buddy's dad was like, don't worry, sir. I know his parents. I'll drop them off. We'll make sure that they uh, like pay for this. Like yeah. We'll tell yeah. their coach. And then he drops me off. He's like, I'm not telling your coach. Don't tell your parents to show up to practice. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. As, Don't as, do it again. As yeah. as he should. That's how parents should deal yeah. with that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I think well, there's after 100 pushups nowadays. I think that there's a better <laughs> use of the police other than rousting kids for well, hanging out in the middle of nowhere. Technically, we're on private property. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, if you're on private property and you guys are drinking in minors, there's a whole bunch of liability issues. So mm-hmm. when I when I first started working, I had more of like a residential area, and there was a park there. And adjacent to the park, speaking of like field party type things, and adjacent to that park was like a really nice um what do they cemetery is that yeah cemetery with gravestones and <laughs> what else would know. it be <laughs> i don't um, know <laughs> tons Un-ripped? and tons underground tons motel <laughs> but there was a you know it was a really nice cemetery and it, like a pretty affluent area around there so they called because they could hear like i guess kids were throwing parties and they'd be like drinking in the cemetery and that kind of thing i'm like okay so i get dispatched to this call out there and as soon as i enter the park i just i like put my lights on and I just kind of flicker my siren and I got on the PA and I was just like, this is the Seattle police department. I have come to slay your fun, like all that stuff. (laughs) And uh, so I get out there and I'm just like, you can see all the kids are kind of running and trying to get to their cars and all that stuff. So I kind of just do a loop and the problem just pretty much like solves itself. Cause it's just like kind of like rich, rich kids and they run out of the park. And so the dispatcher, like, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever, just call, just calls me on radio to check in. And I was like, yeah, everything's good here. This place is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Killed it. Uh, oh. I'm just yeah. thinking of super, yo, yo. I'm thinking of super bad. There's like that uh, 
kid is the fastest kid alive. <laughs> fastest kid alive. It's okay. It's just beer. Just <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> That's a funny this, movie. The dispatcher and I, we exchanged a few like uh, cemetery slash ghost puns back and forth <laughs> on That's the radio. You're like, is that place a real ghost or uh, uh, <laughs> like a real a ghost, ghost town? town? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's so quiet here. It smells like somebody died. So Super Troopers <laughs> is a documentary. Is what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, give or take. I mean, you got you have to like yeah. you have to somehow keep the job fun. So uh, I like, like to do a lot of that. <laughs> I like to use the PA a lot because um, it's a great way to like diffuse stuff. So I would just get on the PA all the time and just like people would be yelling at me or like flicking me off from the the street, just like die pig like that. And I just get on the PA and I would say like the Seattle Police Department loves you and we are happy to provide safety to you this evening. Like (laughs) (laughs) all the time, all the time. Uh, Cause what's the worst that could happen? Like this cop was sarcastic on the PA. Like, so. Oh, I mean, that's probably a complaint in Seattle, but there were layers. It's not, it's not just sarcasm. It's sincerity. Genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Sincerity. We do love you. We're here to put like Kelly once again with the sarcasm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's, I mean, I'm not going to change who I am just because, you know, just because I am a fun slayer. <laughs> uh, nice. So yeah, what does 2021 was, hold for Callie and the uh, police department? I mean, are, 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 so you're, you're going to go back into patrol mm-hmm. or are you going to go yeah. full time in, you think, uh, into this fitness deal? Yeah, full time into the fitness deal starting now and then um, probably transition back because I just uh, I know everyone tells me that, you know, be glad you're not on the street. Be glad you're not on the street. But there is a part of you that really, really misses it. It is so much fun and it's so interesting and fascinating. And I just, I'm not ready to give up that part of um, my experience yet. So I, there's just so much more I want to learn and do. And um, and so I, I do hope to, to get back to that hopefully in May. May is when uh, Tom gets back from his training. So he'll be able to assist with the child stuff. So mm, right, nice. right now it's going to be right now. 2021 is all about just surviving, trying to figure out how to get a, like a, a routine going where I, you know, I can manage both. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, but that's cool. it. Just normal domestic shit. Like, you know, get back on, um, like a good training program. I trained a lot during my pregnancy and then after, um, but it, none of it was following a program. It was all just like basically do two strength days a week and then gradually start working like running twice a week. So it would be like a sprint day and then maybe like a mile and a half for time. So no rowing thing. to cold play in the middle of the night? No, you know that I, I'm happy to say that I, I think I'm past that point. Uh. I've worked through a lot of my issues and so mm. I'm not rowing to cold play in the, <laughs> in the pitch, in the pitch black of cross the ball. You're like, going, you're like, like, why are the lights off and who's listening to cold play and who's in the corner like, facing the yellow. corner? Yeah, uh-huh. I was like, <laughs> so now she's rowing to Adele, yeah. um, which, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a step up <laughs> as with, it is with the, the wellness initiated initiative that you and Lexi piece together. Mm-hmm. Was it more than sets and reps was mental health and well-being a part of that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a huge part of it. So we've kind of we've uh, found a way to incorporate those things without calling them like mental health, obviously. So like our whole like if you look at like a weekly program or something, the uh, 
the cool down is actually like, you know, it's kind of cop lingo-y, but it's like a debrief. And it's, it's essentially like where, you know, there might be three minutes of like controlled breathing followed by like visualization of like a call that was especially challenging for you or like certain things like that. And so, um, there is a, like a, a focus, like a skill and tactical focus to it, but it's Mm -hmm. also, I think the the byproduct of that is just feeling some semblance of control of your mental health and, um, getting to a place that's a little bit more centered and it's, you know, strategically kind of placed at the end of the workout to, um, to start to bring your heart rate down and understand how to regulate like that adrenaline. And, um, so there's, there's that element to it. And then it's, it's very closely intertwined. It's just part of the fabric of the wellness unit. Our physical stuff is part of that fabric. Um, because those, those things, you, you really can't isolate them. Um, if your physical health is, you know, somewhat dialed in, you can, start to tackle like that's my my theory is like then you can actually start to tackle the mental side i really don't think that if your physical health is shit you can actually have like um somewhat healthy mental health if that mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. i think i think so wait a minute so you're saying that the physical and the mental health go hand in hand that's yeah, so but revolutionary not just, hand in, not just hand in hand one precedes the other i sure. think um at least that's been my experience i just i just don't see how someone can get to a point where they're um they're able to deal with the challenges of uh the job in terms of how it how it affects you in a mindset way without taking care of your body, uh, first. And it's not like, yeah, it's the hand in hand, but I think the body thing has to come because physiologically, um, that's going to be your, your, in in terms of your body's priority, it's going to be like physical health, then mental health, right? Like, uh, that's how your body's going to allocate energy and things like that. So I, I just, I hope that, that we do some good things and, um, I'm looking forward to it. And I know that police culture is something that is, is such a hard thing to change. And there's a lot of, you know, curmudgeon people. Sometimes everyone's got an opinion. Everyone feels like they're owed something. Nothing's ever good enough. And so I just, uh, I just hope that people are excited that we're trying to do anything at all. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I'm going to be like, you know what? Fuck you. Then you try something, yeah, right, you know? Right. So, so awesome. Well, yeah. that sounds awesome. 2021. And then also thank you, Luke. Yeah, you know it, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, dude. I was uh, thinking back and like looking at like the Rolodex and being like, God, 450 episodes. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely insane. So it's, we it's uh, insane, support you and dude, look forward to see what you're able to accomplish in your next endeavor. It's been I, an honor, yeah. man. I My, do have one final question. Bring it to oh, play Lord. off this Cali setup. Thank you very much. You're we welcome. We had Dr. Kristen Neff on mm-hmm. and spoke to the, the science of self-compassion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I see foresee some parents getting in the way or their confidence showing through in their poor movement that may carry over to their kids. Like, where is this? I, I've refused to call it self-esteem based off of. Yeah. Well, right. I, I forwarded you that thing on self-esteem. Right. Yeah, didn't correct. I? yeah. On the, yeah. So uh, what are some things to instill some, con- I'll just say instill some movement confidence within the parents so that their kids can express, express that within their play. You know, I couldn't tell you, man, oh. to be honest with you, the, at the end of the day, they're going to have, if they're there, they're show, they're there. Like, so it's dissimilar to adult fitness is like, if you show up to the class, you're in, right? So do the parents I, have to participate at a certain age level? 
Yeah. You know? But then, you know, you get to like the kids, girls age, you don't need to be in there with you. You're kind of on the sideline, even though I, you're is out it, there. Is it kind of gymnastics? It can be at so, times. So it, at like, like I know the girls go to gymnastics a couple of days mm-hmm. a week. I just wonder if there's like tumbling and movement. And- it depends on the focus, right? So there's, there's 12 foundational movements at this current point that uh, I'm excited to come in and maybe give a little makeover. But of those 12 focuses that they, that are part of each cycle, uh, tumbling, isometrics, hanging, crawling, pushing, pulling, right? So they, Shocker. The, the, there's a, a good alignment there. And, uh, but it's coming from occupate, like the collaboration of occupational therapists and physical therapists, right? There's not a heavy strength coach focus in it. You know what I mean? So, um, I think there's opportunity to bring traditional strength and conditioning thing. Type, type, uh, <laughs> you missed it. Oh, that, is that a first challenge? No, uh, it's the last. It's the last. That was <laughs> okay. it. I, yeah, that was it. It's over. I'm, I'm done. Uh, so there's there's an opportunity there, and especially from the paradigm that power athlete operates in, right? Because realistically, the next handoff after this 11 years old, 12 years old is like bedrock. Bedrock. Right. You know, it's like a beautiful, beautiful transition. Um, Except like at that point, you've lost plasticity and character and brain development, I think, in this type of format uh, that or the level that you have. Oh, dude, the on, neuroplasticity right? from like from mm-hmm. from uh, like you said, from like zero to, to, to six is like exponential. And then it decreases mm-hmm. from like seven to 11. And then by the time you're like 14. Right. Yeah. So then from then on. I feel from my experience and listening to podcast guests is like, and I'll get back to your questions text is now it's, it becomes like a social component. It's like social intelligence in the weight room and in team training environments. Mm-hmm. And you start like, there's a, there's a peer, a, a layer. There's yeah. a layer there too, that you start to so, get to, but to get to the parents is like, that is my biggest question mark now. Cause I I've observed a couple classes. I've participated in one, oh. uh, participated in one, and like everybody seemed really switched on and excited to be there, you know? So that's, I think part of it too is well, like- Those are those early adopters. Right. That are good exercisers yeah. mm-hmm. for the most part. Well, I and, mean, uh, I mean, if they have 12 locations and they've been going, I mean, they probably are past the early adoption stage, but now they're looking at like market insertion where now all of a sudden you're going to start getting into the general population. And pa- so parents have shown up. And so that's part of my, like in terms of onboarding, I was curious about that because I had like, I remember Wee football, coach Wee football for a few years and like, I was fortunate to not be in the position you're in, in terms of managing parent expectations. We had a, a dude who was like, uh, the, the head coach dealt with that and his day job, he was at like, he founded a PR firm that like represented Mayor Daly and during like, uh, in Chicago, like did he do, in, in do Blagoj- Blagojevich and like, okay. so all of the most like prolific <laughs> political scandals in Chicago. This guy was the PR guy for. So like a parent would come up to him and it was like, the, he would dress him down. Work his man. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> He's like, nothing is happening. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> uh, so, but to go back to it, parents have shown up, not prepared to move and they, ha- they start to move. And at the end of the class, like they approach the coach and they're like, I, I couldn't, I, I feel like I couldn't keep up, you know? And it, it turns a switch in there That's and great. then it gives the coach an opportunity who is prepared to have that talk. Mm. Well, it, you're setting an example for your kid. Keep showing up. It'll get easier. Right. Yeah. So there is the curriculum is parent focus. And like, that's a big, yeah. big pillar of, of these, these sessions is like the parents got to show up and see value. Yeah. And like, there's yeah. a business reason, like there's a, I guess, well, the superficial parent, and yeah. deep meaning, right? Cause the kids aren't paying the bill. No, no. The, well, and, and if the parent just drops them off and well, what'd you do, you know what the kids are going to do? It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Hey, uh, you know, cause I always ask them, how's gymnastics? It was good. 
Mm-hmm. And then I go to gymnastics and I'm like, dude, you guys did so much bits yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Why, when I ask you, do you just kind of shrug your shoulders? And it's like, uh, like, how was school? It was good. And then I like, mm-hmm. as I'm sitting there when they're homeschooling, I'm like listening to all this interesting stuff, writing it down and discussing it. And I'm like, you guys need to be better at explaining what happened within right. your day so that we can interact on this. No, so I, I, want, I think it's a genius. I want short, concise. Fine. I just want, oh, I just dude. want the clip notes. You know me. <laughs> I, want a, I, I love a long story. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I get it. <laughs> I, I, know. I, I know you edit the podcast. You're like, oh God, I love a long story. <laughs> this hour and a half podcast, 15 minute tops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's mostly, it it's mostly just laugh tracks. <laughs> yeah. It's Pause just Callie talking track. the whole time. Pause yeah, for yeah, laugh track. Yeah. <laughs> but I am to, to get, uh, kind of button that up text. I'm eager to see like what, what that's going to be about. Because again, like the parents are investing in it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not like, uh, is, is it going to be is like it a high price, uh, price point? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a premium price point and it varies by market and location, but it's like, you know, 120 to 200 depending on market. So it's kind of a CrossFit gym style. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, kids can only come once a week, but there's a ton of at home resources. Mm. So you got minimizing attendance that allows for like a, a huge bandwidth of kids to come through and then leveraging online tools to continue those classes at home. Right. Mm-hmm. And there is, again, the, the, it's called kids strong university. That is also parent focused curriculum, even though it's like kids training sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be the interesting challenge is like it's, maintaining uh, those layers. It's like uh Caesar. Is it Caesar Milano? The dog trainer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's training. Just the, Milan, Caesar Milan, so, Milan no, and then Alyssa Milano. He's yeah, she, yeah. he's training. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, oh, he's training the owner. He's training the owner. Yeah, but uh, it, it's yeah, pretty kids funny. Strong. We're I, training the parent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> whenever I watched Caesar Milan, actually, it was pretty interesting. He exercises the shit out of those dogs. Right. Caesar. So so like they could, those dogs are so physically tired that they like. Give in. Yeah, they just give in and they, and like, but, uh, it's a lot easier to be obedient. Yeah. yeah, When you're tired. That's the kid strong model. Oh, yes. Get your wiggles out. If you gotta, yeah, just make the kids tired, then everything else works. Mm -hmm. If kids don't, aren't tired. So interesting, interesting story on that. My, I guess it would be Ashley's cousin, her son. What would that make my relation to? No idea. Whatever. My wife's cousin's Uh, son. So her second cousin? cousin? First nephew? Second nephew. Whatever. Whatever. Long story short is, so he's kind of like a wiry, high energy kid, right? And I guess when he was playing sports, uh, whatever it was, you know, like basketball, you know, he's a young kid. So like kindergarten age, even preschool, for penalty, he'd have to run laps, right? And then when he got into kindergarten, his teacher was switched on enough to realize like this kid's behavioral problems are because he's just wound up. That's so most dogs. she'd be like, Hey G go get out on the track. Give me four laps. And he'd come in and he'd be like so yeah. much better. But okay. then like he would like over the, a few weeks, he'd be coming home and you know, mom's like, what's up? And she's, and he's like, I keep getting in trouble at school. She's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, the teacher makes me run laps. And he thought it was because it was a discipline Aww. problem. So then mom goes in and talks to the teacher not, and she's like switched, wow, that's on, super mom. switched yeah. on teacher. She, and she's switched mm-hmm. on mom too. So she's like, this to, something's not added. Like, what's the deal? And she's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, he's just got so much energy. She's like, yeah, he does. You know, like mom yeah. knows. And she's like, and if I can just wind him around the track a couple times, he's so much better in class. Mm-hmm. But it was just a miscommunication because the kid didn't have the wherewithal to be like, why yeah. am I running? You know, and not that yeah. he should have, but like 
And then once he learned that, it's like, oh, now he just loves running around track. So like if he starts to misbehave, <laughs> they're like, hey, two laps, let's go. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And he just, you know, dials it down a little bit. So nice. Um, I don't know how cool. we got on that. I, no, Alyssa will. Milano. Well, C- Caesar Milan. Oh, yeah. C- Caesar. <laughs> uh, you know what? Like um, I, uh, I was going to, um, I, I got an extra kid bike. So I have two. If. If, if, if anybody needs one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, ironically, one of them has training wheels and one doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so Cashy's been riding his balance bike. And then finally, so my brother uh, sent me a picture and uh, Cash's cousin, who's a little bit younger than him, was like, you know, like, right, like, oh, this is his first time. He's got this big helmet and everything. And I showed it to Cashy and he was like, huh. So he went outside. He's like riding his bike, like uh, with no training wheels, just, just riding around circles. Yeah. Oh. He was like, like uh, totally was riding on his balance bike and was like, Oh, wait a minute. I could do this too. And he got on it and I like took a video and he's like riding around fine. No problem. I sent it to my brother <laughs> and I'm like, cause they, they literally all through quarantine had been working on trying to get rid of the uh, training wheels. Mm-hmm. And so like he was having all these problems and there was like this big thing. And like my family gets all these videos and everybody's giving thumbs up. And then what is Cashy like looks at it, is like, huh, goes outside and totally rides the bike. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is, um, so like what I, I have a feeling that, um, the exposure to things like the balance bike and the movement and gymnastics and all this other thing mm-hmm. allow them to like pick up new talents yeah. very quickly and see other kids do and, it as and well. see other, and then the minute they see other kids so like now i had because i had two bikes one that with training wheels one without it, and i was like i guess we gotta get rid of the training wheels bike mm-hmm. so now with kids strong what kind of obstacles they got because carl case and i walked into the first ever mm-hmm. kids strong at, at crossfit maximus in 2017 and right as Matt Sharp was getting this off the ground and like I remember some of the things, but now I imagine it's locked in. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, so they have like a little prowler they call the crawler. So kids are, uh-huh. are pushing these little prowlers. It's pretty fun to watch. Um, uh, kind of like that A-frame ladder setup that's a multi-tool or multi-use deal that looks just like a ladder set up for climbing, scaling Climbing up, climbing down. Um, like at the, the the Navy SEALs had at the Oak Course? Yep, 100%. <laughs> and then um, the rig has ropes for like lateral rope climbing or, uh, you know, like assisted rope climb. So there's some of that. Um, parallettes, balance beams. They have an 8-inch balance beam and then a 14-inch balance beam as well. And then they have these pretty cool padded boxes that unfold into ramps mm, yeah, for yeah. like to teach forward rolling. Yeah, those are in gymnastics. Yeah, and yeah. they're like at an angle. Yep, yep, yep. So they and then they, from there they create all sort. They just use these tools, the programming team, to like create all sorts of courses and obstacles to to hit whatever the focus is for that progression through that month. Um, yes, and there's you know the goal is to get into some at home equipment as well, so like parents can have affordable at home stuff that's not like super intrusive. So taking coincidentally a lot of what Coop was talking about when we had him on the podcast, you know, minimal footprint, maximal uses. So it's like trying to come up with things like that, that aren't super invasive in a home, but then you can have the kids like easily set up there to like do things at home that are, that continue the curriculum. Um, yeah. My nephews four and six, they got some wild outdoor obstacle course mm-hmm. for Christmas but they're really into Ninja Warrior. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, oh, a, yeah. there's a kid Ninja Warrior. Yeah, mm-hmm. you seen this? And there's blew a, my mind. Was, there's a parkour gym up in uh, in, in Austin um, that I took the kids to on a Saturday, and it was pretty epic. Like it, it was the type of thing. The problem is, it was like a 45 minute drive. Yeah, were all the kids screaming parkour every parkour? No, no. <laughs> but these dudes were like doing some demos, and like the look on the girls' faces was like, 
can we do that? And I was like, fucking go for it. It is yours. Yeah. Go out there. So yeah, we've been trying to get back mm-hmm. and then it was funny. We went out and then the COVID thing hit and, uh, I don't fuck. I don't even know if those people are still alive. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Oh, God, um, sorry. <laughs> that just took a dark turn. No, I don't mean like they died. I just mean like, did their business survive? Oh, okay. Like, I, I mean, uh, like, I I don't think that like when like the CDC is usually two years behind on like um, like the total number of like deaths. I think they just released like 2018 earlier this year. But I'm really interested to see like what the how the numbers shake out compared to like Mm -hmm. flu and all this. And if there's really like a a massive spike, I mean, just I don't know. I don't think the numbers are going to tell. But I think what we're seeing, though, is a high amount of of, uh, small businesses that are just absolutely Mm -hmm. getting ravaged and crumbled. Well, Um, not kids strong. I'll tell you that No, it's going to be rolling. That's well, a good model. For dude, we're sure. excited to see where it goes, man. And yeah. um, uh, well, we'll definitely be keeping in touch and we'll see. And you if then. I may, if I may, if we can all just uh, raise a toast to Luke. Yeah. And I'd like to say, here's to you. Here's to you. Here's to you. you. <laughs> and here's to you, here's Power to Athlete you. Nation. Thanks for enduring 450 <laughs> episodes of me. And ing, ing, ing. being on the ing. Premier Podcast and Strength Conditioning. That's right. Uh, bye. <laughs> now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time. Bye!